Welcome to Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Jesse and Lance are talking Tigers with the voice of the Tigers, Gino DiPaoli. Oh my goodness! Tiger players, coaches, and WHL insiders across the league. Tigers Uncaged. Starts now. Tigers Uncaged. Welcome inside another episode of Tigers Uncaged, powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood. They are the experts you need to know. A lot of stuff to dissect this week when it comes in the world of Tigers. Uh, Not the greatest. Well, it's hard because I think it was a Jekyll and Hyde type team over the weekend. Mm -hmm. I mean, Friday against Calgary Hitman. They came out really like yeah. That wasn't that wasn't the finish you wanted. No, but great I mean, the start. start. A great start. Unbelievable, and then it just kind of took a, a left. Uh huh. Yeah. And then not much you could say went wrong. The Saturday game against uh, Prince Albert. Saturday was a lot better. Lot to like. Everyone was dialed in. I will say the games that they're winning, like a lot of fans will say they're a little bit boring. They're not as exciting. Right. That's okay as long as the dub comes. Yeah, if the Tigers are scoring a bunch of goals and uh, it looks like it's one-sided, that's always that's always a good thing. I think Nothing so. wrong with that. I mean, uh-huh. every everything looked good. I mean, uh, you had uh, Gavin get a couple goals, uh-huh. which is nice. You like yep. to see that. You like to see him shoot a little bit more. Bunch of assists from Oasis, I believe, that night. Oasis and, uh, is quietly having a good season. Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, Zahara was good again. So, yeah, top to bottom, that was a, a pretty good weekend overall. It was a nice bounce back at the very least after a tough Friday, right? Because yeah. you could have seen that one spiraling a little bit. And then maybe PA gets away from you, and then this week feels a little bit different. But uh, it was a nice bounce back. Yeah, it was a great Saturday night. A lot of Tiger fans for the Teddy Bear Toss. What were we at? Uh, 3,800? 40-ish? Yeah. Yeah. That was great. If we can get that lower bowl, darn near packed every uh-huh. single Saturday game, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's baby steps, right? Yeah. Let's do that more often like, on Saturday. Like this week, we got the Friday game. Right. They're in Edmonton Saturday. Uh-huh. So I'm hoping that we pack it tonight. Yeah, just the one game, right? Yeah. So maybe uh, Tiger fans don't have to... Pick which day they want to go to. Just pick today. Exactly. So and hey, today well, being Friday because we're recording. Today. We are recording on yeah, Friday. Yeah. yeah. Lots of stuff to get into. Uh, Gino's going to join us. We'll dissect the games that were. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then I'm starting to see more Tiger fans now have the conversation about goaltending on this team. Right. Yeah. I wanted to uh, to hold off on you know really doing a deeper dive until maybe the waters were cleared a little bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like the waters are going to be clearing anytime soon. It looks like the three-goalie extravaganza is going to be a thing for the next little while, at least in the short-term view. So now is a good time to chat with you know friend of the show, Matt Wong. And usually when we have him on, a lot of people listen, so we're expecting uh-huh. this one to skyrocket. Yeah, well, we get into a nice breakdown with all three goaltenders, the situation itself, how unique it is. And uh, and kind of Matt's perspective as the goalie coach for the Tigers. So yeah, so that's all coming up on Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. More hockey talk on the way. Let's go, boys! It's Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood. Of course, each and every week that we do this, we couldn't do this. If it wasn't for the mouth of the South, yep. 
the voice of the Tigers, Mr. Gino DiPaoli in studio. Hey. Hello, friends. How are we today? Gino. Uh, good weekend, Gino. Uh, yeah, it was a great end to the weekend. Okay. For sure. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it didn't start pleasant. No. With the, with the Swift Current game and then the... Sorry. The <laughs> no, no, no. We yep. talked about the, the Swift here Current. A bit. It didn't look great in, in That's Swift. right. We did. Yeah. But then uh, Friday night, welcome the Calgary Hitman. And we kind of touched on it that you never know what you're going to get from the Calgary Hitman. And I think we yeah. saw that Friday night because the Tigers looked really good early on. Two nothing right out of the gate. Yeah. Quick starts. Mm-hmm. And then Calgary just slowly got their way in. And mm-hmm. once they did, they never looked back. No, they, you want know, they played well. Like, anybody else think that who the best defenseman in the Western Hockey League is right now? Pretty sure it's Carter Yakumchuk. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, I guess Matej Chuck and Mollendyke might have something to say about that. but Graham Sward. Graham Sward. But the best, maybe best in the Central? Might be yeah. Yakumchuk right now. Yeah, it's a uh, fair fair assessment. Yeah, that's all I can. And Ethan Bonaventure, I think, got better. And I don't think he got tested either. I think that was a couple games mm-hmm. in a row where the Tigers didn't get those great A's in. I guess we never really a bit. on the broadcast gave credit to Bonaventure. Because, I mean, he you, was get good. Rock, you get rocked 2 nothing in the first minute and a half. That's not ideal. And no. he bounced back and settled in. So credit to. And, I mean, they rocked him early on in the season, too, right? You start yeah. the season that home and home, and Tigers really let him have it, which yeah. is why I thought maybe this could be. A walk in a park. Look like it'd be the same thing, right? Two nothing right out of the gate. Yeah. I know a lot of fans were like, "Okay, here we go," mm-hmm. and then he just turned it on. Yeah, was, yeah. The team played better in front of him, obviously, uh, but he made the saves that he had to and kept it close enough that Calgary started to chip away. And then, and then I mean, they off. really took over kind of through the the second period. That was where he started to really feel it was downhill for them. But at the same time, sort of the same script from Swift Current. Mm-hmm. You're down by a shot going to the third. You yeah. got you're you're in it. You're in the game if you're not playing well, right? So yeah, they were within a shot, and I mean, Basha almost had it tied. If he, they tied it, he drove to the net and had the puck just roll off his stick. And if he was able to put it towards the net, it was in a wide open spot. So um, it would have been four four at that point, and then suddenly you get two goals scored on you in eleven seconds, and it's uh it, it, it's it goes kind of over. A, it goes from you nearly tied it to being down three. So and then the tuffle bat. A, a, a couple bad ones and mm-hmm. uh, not a great night for Ev at the end there. Wasn't yeah, I, fabulous. I mean, and then the weird one for McCallum, the lead in kind of opening the stick, but it was a change up that goes behind him. Mm-hmm. And it was bad luck. At that point, it felt like it was done anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When and, McCallum let his in. So Yeah. And then what a huge bounce back. Played the Prince Albert Raiders well. Yep. Something well. that wasn't uh, a recipe for success last year was playing the Prince Albert Raiders. So. And, man, were we wrong with our predictions. Oh, I mean, the, teddy bear the, the math, we should have gone. Somebody in this room should have picked Caden Lindstrom because yeah, he yeah. did well, have 20 coming in. It's too easy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you think of an unsung hero. Like, look at when Calgary scored theirs on Sunday. Mm-hmm. London Hoylet's not known for goal scoring, but he's done it the last two years. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah done it again. So I was like, okay, that's why I went with the Red Parsons. I yeah. thought a floater from the point was what was going to do it. But why not? Red minute, Parsons created mm-hmm. that first goal. Mm-hmm. Minute 14 in, which I was trying to look in years past. I don't know if that is the fastest Teddy Bear Toss goal in the Tigers' history, but up there. it's definitely it got to be up there. Yeah, I would have to look back. I, I know the Rob audio doesn't have the scoreboard on it, but mm-hmm. I guess I could just... Get off my butt and look and do some research right. on my job for once. I well, guess. it's just a thing that we were wondering no. about. But uh, yeah, it would be seventy-four close seconds. To it, right? I think that's got to be it. That's, that's got to be up there. And it was another good start. And this time they were able to kind of extend that. Uh, Tigers did a really good job of taking Ryder Ritchie away. 
kind he, of making him a non-factor in that game, which is hard to do. He had that one chance when it took five ever for Prince Albert to get their first shot yeah. on that power play and Zach Zahara. There's another story we'll probably talk about here in a second. Great save, and after that, I think it was 2 nothing and 3 nothing actually probably on that power play chance, and then kind of just didn't say coast to victory, but got it done, and PA didn't really have an answer. I know they did really well on that road trip in the 3-3. Three and three. You, get, mm-hmm. you get four of six. Like, that's not a bad weekend. It's a good trip, and Justice Christensen looked really good. A big Lance Dahl, or Lance Dahl's a big Justice Christensen yeah, fan. I mean, younger guy that plays bigger than his size, man, he can do a little bit of everything. He is, he's really interesting. On his fifth of the season on Saturday. Uh-huh. That was a great yeah. shot. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he, he does a lot of things really well. Did I, not see that coming <laughs> at all. Uh, another guy who really stood out Saturday night, I mean, Caden had two goals, but uh, Gavin McKenna, it looked like he, in in games past to me, it looked like, not that he was scared to shoot the puck, but he was doing a lot of passing first. Mm-hmm. Saturday night, we saw him take that shot a little bit more, and I mean, it paid off. Two goals for Gavin McKenna. Yeah, he was great. I, You know, I think it's just like, what are you going to get from a pit? It's like a pitcher that has... Five di- or four different pitches he can throw at any time, right? Yeah. Like, what are you going to get? You're going to get the shooter tonight? Are you going to get the passer? Are you going to get the the dangle or uh, the, the no look? Mm-hmm. But he, he chose shot, and it paid off, and I would love to see him choose shot more. But it, it's also funny because you talked about it last week, like how important he was is on that power play. Mm-hmm. Both goals coming from the power play. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everything just goes through his hands, and it was – just kind of uh, not necessarily exposed, but it showed just how important he is on that power play when he wasn't there at the U-17s. Um, he was really good. And, you know, the, the defensive details are still coming with Gavin. And, I mean, it's like any rookie in the Western League. Yeah. It takes a little bit of time to, to pick up that end of the ice. I think we, we're seeing improvements there. Like, yeah. the, the points are good. The goals are going to come. All that's good, right? I mean, just now you kind of want to see – the next step taken in the D zone to yeah. really kind of turn that into more offense. Well, and the big thing there, he we because I what I do, the the players always ask for a copy of the game notes yep. in the uh, in the dressing room, and I said, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you want these things? You yeah. sure? Because yeah. I'm going to say things in them. Then I give them the stat sheet of just career stats for the team, mm-hmm. and their stats, what stat line, what they're at. They know what their stats are. And Gav just looked at me, he's like, "Yeesh, that plus minus needs to be fixed." He mm-hmm. said, "I was like, well." I mean, you've got three more years to fix it, kid. You're yeah. You're not starting at a disadvantage. I know the the that wasn't. It's not really a joke or anything. But when the eleven win season happened, I think Drew Krebs starting last season had like a career plus minus of minus fifty three. Yeah, it was like deep. That. And he's like minus. He's like Krebs at minus twenty three. I was like, oh, he was like plus thirty this year. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was deep. It was really good, and that's why I said plus minus is one of those stats you can't really measure on a year-to-year basis because you don't know what your team's going to be like or what right. kind of it when you're when you have a good plus minus you, you got a good team yeah but i will it. say calling it what it is like and obviously i would imagine that gavin mckenna's acknowledging as much but when you are an anomaly on either side of what the team's doing it can be a positive or a negative reflection and gavin's one of the only ones to be a minus if not the only one i don't have it in front of me um and he's deep down there right like yeah. we're in double digits so that is like we, we can still be open and honest about yeah. what it is and and that there's work to be done at five on five he'd be the first to say it yeah. i would imagine so no he did <laughs> it, it's now just taking that step defensively because that's going to generate all these more scoring chances uh like this team plays so well 
like on the breakout and through the neutral zone with speed, right? That yep. if they get to that point consistently, then you generate just a few more opportunities. When they hit that seven-second exit, right? They yep. always hear Joe and Josh talk about it, that they want to be out in seven seconds mm-hmm. and able to clear the zone. So it's common. I know the Swift Current game was rough for the plus-minus for Gavin. And another quiet uh, three-point night for Oasis Weisblatt. Yeah, that was Saturday. a good one. Yeah. That was yeah. a good one. He's just quietly going about his business, and I haven't talked to him about it yet. Like he, I get to see him a lot this week. So, uh, you know what, 26 goals last year. He's passing first, so I don't know if that's just something like he's focused on being the playmaker, being the puck mover, rounding out his game. Yes, that's the. You I know think what? that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. And going with your part. your plus minus, mm-hmm. you have Crew Hannis at minus one. Well, he's not here. He's, he's not, not here anymore. Yeah, uh, Harsani minus one, mm. and Dreesen minus three, Gab minus eleven. Right. So Those are the only minuses, and it's not overly surprising to see Harsani there either. Again, rookie in the league that's jumping in. I think in the case of Reed Andreessen is playing heavy minutes a, a lot more, and it's interesting because all three pennies kind of seem to get cycled through fairly regularly when Hodis has been in. I think we've seen that little bit of a change when you Boggins miss, was out. You kind of miss Boggins, but I think he's going to be in this weekend against Edmonton, it's which would be good. It looks like he's a little faster on his recovery from what happened in Swift Current, and need a couple games. You know mm-hmm. what? Body just says. That's enough. Yep. Like, settle down for a Nothing couple wrong of years. with that. Nope. No, that's Come fine. back feeling better. He looks good. You he's know what? He's going to be needed he... in, the, in this home-and-home home against Edmonton. It's a big well, weekend. the thing is he's going to be needed in the back half of the year. Yeah. Right? Like, when the games pick up and they mean a little bit more. If that means that, you know, you're you're a little banged up and, and need some time, I don't think it's the worst thing. Yeah. No, I think it's fine. And you look at, you know what? I think Drew Krebs is at, what, plus seven or eight? God, he's been good. He's so good. Like, quietly also, about going about his business. And same with Rhett Parsons. Like how good like, were they? It feels like Drew has been on the defending end of a lot of odd man rushes lately. I don't know why it's been that way, but whoever has been partnered up with them on the the ice at whatever time, and I would use one defenseman, but it feels like it really has rotated a lot. Yeah. But he ends up on the defensive end of breaking up these odd man rushes and, and he wins and most is of winning them. a lot of them. Yes. Like like way more than than statistically he probably should. So yeah, Krebs no, he, sitting at a plus one right now. He's been good. Yeah, and remember, like he was, and I always joke about it with him just because we're from the same hometown. Uh, just I said, hey, not bad from that minus fifty three. He just kind of <laughs> he just looks at me. He's like, that should have been. He said that should be my number if I ever make minus yeah. fifty three or something like that. Uh, but it's fun to see these good. kids gradually get better. Like we talked about Oasis. To me, he reminds me of a Mark Russell. Mm-hmm. Like Russell came in this league and. I wouldn't say goon, but he was definitely a guy that drew Tough. a lot of penalties, yeah. got a lot of penalties, wasn't really known for getting points. Had to find the line. And then, I mean, you look at his last season here, he was in, on top of almost the league in points. Like He yeah. had a phenomenal season. I kind of see that same thing for Oasis right yeah. now. Yeah, it's really similar. It's been really good. Really, really similar. And I, I, I love seeing him go about his business. Yeah, he's just rounding out his game so well. And it's mm-hmm. it's all come coming together and... You know, there's a that when we talk about the defensive responsibility, that might be one of the biggest things of notice from Oasis outside of the dialing it in from just running around and trying to make plays all over the ice like he was when he first started, right? Because that was the, one of the biggest things. It was like, man, you you love seeing the energy out of Oasis, but sometimes he's out of position because he puts himself into these spots that he doesn't necessarily need to be. That's been corrected, but in his own end, he's responsible. He sells out. He he's working like. His motor's the same in his own end as it is in the O zone, and that's not easy for 
a lot of guys mm-hmm. because let's face it, scoring is a lot more fun than preventing a goal. It's it's yeah. more exciting to be in the O zone than the D zone. But if you have that same intensity, it starts to trickle through a little bit. <sighs> you okay? Yeah. Get no, all worked no, up. No, no fits there. Um, I, I you know it's something that Joe talks about a lot, and the goals of the team is to win a championship mm-hmm. and sign a pro contract. You hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that exactly to your point of what O's trying to do is he's trying to, I got a taste of the NHL, now I need to feel it and try and make some money doing it. And I think that's awesome for him if he gets there. Player of the Month for November, by the way, was yeah. Oasis Wise Black. Yeah, so. that's right. Good no, uh, yeah, you definitely seen a huge difference in his game. And it probably, you could credit that to spending a little bit of time in Columbus. Yeah. Getting that... NHL training camp kind of vibe, the feel, mm-hmm. knowing what it's like. You come back, and he's one of the guys that I think benefited huge from doing that. Yep. Yeah, the the NHL camps obviously help, hey? <laughs> like, the reason why they're there, right? Like, they invite I, these young kids in. You saw the when Josh Van Mulligan came back in the early portion of the season just how confident he was to in, in maybe playing out of what we had put him in for a box as a defensive defenseman earlier this season was going on rushes end to end and was jumping into <laughs> plays and was finding a little bit of a cycle in the ozone that's cooled off a bit i will say we're not seeing the same you know i'm gonna go jump at more opportunities than not from josh as of late um and that might be i mean that could be any one number of things but i wouldn't hate seeing a little bit more of it out yeah. of josh getting back into the the offensive flow because he's uh, been close to yeah he has like, been close been so close but i just think that he was activating a bit more earlier this year and that hasn't been as frequent as of late, but he's been, man, just to see his, his jumps year to year has been pretty darn well, cool. Well, he's getting shots through. Like, I think he's had six shots the last two games, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So he's getting shots through and it's going to be a fun weekend. Is there anything exciting going on this weekend with Edmonton? You're really excited at the fact that Beckett Lanco's in Edmonton. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I just, I was <laughs> scrolling we kind of buried the lead there a little yeah, bit. Well, there. It's just well, that, yeah, the, the it big was news, wild. The, the Oil King signing Beckett Lankow. I, I mean, Lance and I talked about it. It's about time that a team did pick him yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I'm know surprised he long. went to junior A as early as he did. Yeah. And I, 20-year-old goalies, I've seen it on the other side of the evil junior A. Mm-hmm. Ooh, but like Jack McNaughton did it. Mm-hmm. Calgary had a great career, ended up getting a – you know, uh, CI. Sorry, U um, Sports. U Sports. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it was the CIS. old CIS, yeah. Western yeah. Ontario. He went there. Um, you know, Beckett might have the tools to do it too. And now, it looks like there must be an injury in Edmonton because they got they're carrying four twenty year olds right now. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is a tryout. See if he can do it. He's from Edmonton. It's an easy one. And I, I'm curious what kind of shape he's in. I know he hasn't played for a couple weeks for Spruce Grove, and now he's. I do. You, I would think he's going to start on Friday. I would think you, it would be cool. It would be cool. I, I, do, I don't know if it would happen. I feel like maybe that would be that's start him at home. Do they True. save him at home? Which would be kind of a letdown when you look at the storyline for games, right? Like I love a good storyline. It would be perfect. This is like a WWE thing, yeah. or something. Yeah, well, like that, both right? are good, right? Because I mean, he's from it, the Edmonton area too, so it's be cool to see him playing for the Edmonton I, to team. To me, at home, it just but. makes sense that he his first start is at home mm-hmm. against his former team. I'd like to have him start here just to because you never know what might happen down the road yeah. so that you know because he put in a lot of time and was a guy that you know worked his way to the Tigers through camp like he just impressed in camp and he kept working hard and was doing the right things and and that's how he carved his spot out it was kind of like the typical way that 
a lot of people fall in love with their their favorite tigers is just because like the the guys who work really hard are the ones that this that's what fan this town base falls is. in love with right and and Beckett was that um, on his way through so I'd like to see him start here but uh, whether or not that happens who knows I do have a media interview with him on Friday nice oh what's the first question gonna be. How you doing? How you do- exactly? <laughs> it actually is gonna be how you doing, man. Like, because I didn't at training camp this year, and I did this wherever I've gone. I I I know guys that are you know what on the sort of have a, I have an f- idea who's maybe on the bubble, and I try to stay away from players during camp just because mm-hmm. like you don't want to you know get too close or you don't want to distract them or say hi and you want them to you know make and that was why I just said I'm just gonna leave back it alone. Because there was five 20-year-olds that started the year. Right. You had to whittle it down to three. So Five 20-year-olds and four goalies. Yep. And still, a lot going we've, on. Only sub- we've only subtracted one. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. That, so. That's still a question mark. But, but it's good for Beckett, man. He played three years there, played 83 games. Yeah. I mean, he was uh, he, he was a staple for the Tigers, mm-hmm. re- regardless of what the goals against average, what the win-loss was. We have a, a goaltender for three years. You're going to make an impact. Had well, some really big games, had yeah. some rough games, but uh, like you said, people were a fan of him, and I hope he gets showed up. I hope he plays. I hope he gets recognized. Yeah, on Friday. me too. He was um, kind of the guy that I, I, and I had asked it a few times on post game shows last year if he was like maybe their quiet MVP, and there was never really a hesitation of yes or no on that. But there was a lot of games like Tires didn't have any business winning, won them because of him. Now, and as you mentioned on the other side, well, maybe should have had that one. But mm-hmm. I look at the that one Bedard game when it was tight. He had that backdoor save. Uh, even like those tight games, uh, you know, that Swift Current game in the last game of the season mm-hmm. was really good in that game. Uh, there was a couple, like there was a couple other ones that I'm trying to think here. It was that one, uh, the one Moose Jaw game that the Tigers won here was really good too. Um, but yeah, like I. I'm I'm just very intrigued. I love storylines, man. So I, you know, and I was scrolling through. I'm like, oh, okay then. Yeah. And there was That's a there was a tweet out there from uh, from Beckett's mom. Said, well, I guess we have a new yeah. billet son coming in. Yeah. I, I had to, I had to like that one. That was pretty funny. So. That was nice. Uh, speaking of goaltenders, let's touch on this one more time on for uh, Saturday's game. Zach Zahara looked uh, very good on mm-hmm. Saturday. Very mm-hmm. good. He looked incredible. Yep. That's twenty five saves on twenty seven shots. I like looking at the Tiger message boards after the games. A lot of Tiger fans are on the Zach Zahara train right now. Hard not to be. It's a great again. It's a great story. Yep. Yep. It's probably the feel good story of the season for the Tigers is Zach Zahara and Ethan McCallum. Yeah. Kind of coming through the woodwork. I mean, Zahara hasn't come with the the fanfare uh, necessarily like Ethan McCallum just because of draft selection. Uh, where Zahara was later in well, the Western Hockey League draft, like an eighth or a ninth, and Zahara was early, or and McCallum was earlier, um, and, and so once again, when you kind of look at, Thank you. you know, when you're here and you're trying to make a name, you have to put your down head down and work, kind of similar to what Beckett Lanco had to go through when he was cutting his teeth to to make the Tigers, and Zahara's gone about it the same way. He's never really been, at least publicly, deterred from what's gone on, right? Because, I mean, you, there was a case to be made that he could have been playing on the team last season. And he goes and wins a couple Circle Ks with Saha. And he becomes one of the best goalies in the tournament. Like, he, everywhere he goes, where he plays in pressure pack games, where they mean a little bit more, he delivers. Well, and you know what? I kind of, I 
walked past him on Saturday. He was doing the, the tennis ball, whatever, catch on the wall. Mm-hmm. I said, well, take it. Go for it, kid. Like, Yeah, why not? What else can you say to a goalie in that situation? You, you say it to Heath McCallum. You say it to Evan May. Take it. But it doesn't look like that he's been bothered at all by no. what's gone on. And, you know, we were we, – we talked to a couple people and just the, the thought – and the, the messaging about what stands out with Zahara just being, like, the mental toughness. Like, I, I think you're starting to see it, right? Because they can be almost hard in the back of your head knowing that you've won every single game. You've, you have eight straight decisions, right? And they're all wins. Yeah. And it can be difficult knowing that you're not getting in on a regular basis, yet you still want to be at that top level every single time you get in the net. In the back of your mind, you still have three goaltenders. You don't want to have to potentially lose time, and you don't want to worry about that. Like, all these different factors – that are somewhat abnormal. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of rolled with and dealt with and, and played well every time. The dude has made the most time. of the time that he's given. Every single time he's been in the net, he's he's been good. And I wonder if maybe, to your point, Jesse, if there's not a little bit of that feeling like every time I'm in, I need to be good because of his past experiences. Because he's been called up before and had to jump in on games that were runaways. Yeah. And, yes. And... They weren't exactly great showings for him, rightly or wrongly, but the last couple of years when he's gotten in, they haven't been favorable. No, oh. yeah, and, and th- so maybe this there's has a little been more urgency. The first year where we we're able to get a legit look mm-hmm. at Zach Zahara, not coming in, but getting legit starts, and he's six and zero with a one point three six goals against average right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a nut was. A- Nine fifty save percentage. Okay, I thought it was nine fifty five. Forgive so. me. Is he played in eight games though? I think it's yeah, six. yeah. Sorry, total wise yeah, eight. eight games. Yeah, okay. six and zero. Oh, but two, and oh, two yeah. games in the in the eleven win year. Yes, that, I wasn't going to say anything because I'm not that mean of a person. Yeah. No, no, no. Twenty one, twenty two season. Yeah. He came in for two games. Got and you. He got I think lit it was, up. One of them was an Edmonton game. I think there was an Edmonton game. Yeah, they were. There was a Lethbridge one, if I remember right. That I also thought there was a Red Deer one. He came in. That poor guy just Edmonton in a Red Deer game. Chance. Poor fella. Yeah. Poor fella. But now he's getting the opportunity. Listen, he got that experience. It, mm-hmm. it does stink when you come in in the 11 win. You got some minutes in. Yeah. This is now your first full year, and you sit Zach Zahari down. You're like, listen, bud, we're going to have three goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Don't know exactly how much playing time <laughs> you're going to get. Yeah. We're going to kind of, you know, who's hot, who's not. We're just going to kind of mix it around. Yeah. This kid, for the six games that he's been given, mm-hmm. has looked good. What more thing do you is, want him to do? But the yeah. thing is, do you now overdo it and you say here here's your number one mm. and then does the pressure start to get to him and then you start to see cracks in the system yeah or do you just keep rolling with them the way that you are knowing that when you need them remember you need them to do remember, good and, I'll, and i'm gonna defend everybody today because mm-hmm. that's my job as the uh, avenger of the group apparently. <laughs> the avenger um the uh full metal alchemist full metal alchemist your favorite anime <laughs> yes I was saying that before we started recording. They're sticking with the rotation like a pitching staff. Mm -hmm. I believe Zach Sahar's next start would, if we are going from the numbers and how things have worked out, Mm -hmm. he will play next Wednesday in Lethbridge. Right. Big road game for him. Remember, he's only had one road start before this. It would also be a week and a half off. Yes. So I believe, unless something has changed, Mm -hmm. do you think that helps or hurts a goaltender? Like when you say like that, like a week and a half off, is, is that a good thing? Typically, or? to every goaltender I've talked to, it's not, it's not helping. It's Too not ideal. It doesn't help because it, it's like anything. If you're feeling good about what you're doing, you want to go back and get in there again, right? Yeah, yeah. you want to live like, in that momentum. But yeah, that's right. Okay. So it looks like if if it looks right, and I'm I could be wrong. They might change it, but it's how it's rotated. 
Sorry, I got a back spasm there. Yeah, careful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, deep breath. I'll be honest, uh, I didn't even know there was a rotation. Well, they're going yeah. every, every – everybody's playing on a third game. They've all been I just thought, so, hey, if you have a good game. So it should be <laughs> potentially Ethan McCallum Friday at home against Edmonton. In Edmonton, Evan May. And then next Wednesday would be Lethbridge, Zach Sahara. And if you really want to get fun with it, Ethan McCallum in Calgary on the Friday, right. the 15th. Friday would be the 15th. And then Evan May on the Saturday against Lethbridge, the 16th. Um, if And I'm that could change. I don't know. But if they're going the three-man. Gino, I'll say it again. No one's holding you to that. You're okay. You don't know anything that we yeah. know. I wonder. <laughs> like, ha, But has any, and this isn't to discredit the work that and the numbers that Zahara's put up. But it's more just kind of the sense that I get watching these games. It, it I don't necessarily get a, a feel that any one goaltender, and kind of to your point, Gino, where you say go take it, has anyone really like felt like they've gone out and taken it? Everyone's just delivered really well. Everybody's like, you know what? Like everyone's they did their job. Well. They've done their job. I think is kind of how all that three of them make sense. Maybe what I said, but all three of them have delivered at a very good level mm-hmm. that you can't like. Typically, when when you say go take it, it's almost because someone has stumbled, mm-hmm. and then the the ability to slide into more minutes pops up. But it doesn't feel like any one of those three have stumbled to therefore open up any any more time. It feels like they've all deservingly have earned the minutes they're given. There was a time where all three of them started three separate games and they won awards for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, you'd yeah. sit there Evan and May then... was goalie of the week, and then McCallum was, what, rookie of the week? That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we sat there and we're like, okay, three games. Goaltender's going to play all three. Fine. This is where we're going to find out yeah. who our two are. Then all three go out there and steal the games. But they all play well. Win awards. Yeah. Regardless, it's a very hard decision. Something to it that's working. You just kind of keep rolling it through. I... I, I don't know that anyone wants to have a week and a half off, but I think they've all had to kind of deal with that too, just based on how the schedule works. I think Evan Mays enjoyed the rest because he did have those bulky starts at start. Why was it nine straight? Like I said, nine straight to start. And there's the year. also start the year, yes. So, yeah. and I think that's made him better in a sense that and he that, gets, has that had was, that extra rest. I knew that was going to be hard for him because he's not the Beckett Lang cow or not used to the Beckett Lang yeah. cow schedule. Beckett where was Beckett, a fighter on that. Beckett he was good was, at that. We talked about he played 80 games. There's probably a season he played darn near 40 <laughs> just in a season. Well, but, and he started 10 in a row to start the season last year. But right? we were saying with, with Evan and, you know, the people within the team that I had talked to weren't necessarily concerned about it, and I think part of that was because they don't want to say they were. But, like, in the back of my mind, there has to be a workload conversation surrounding Evan May considering he hasn't had that much yeah. of a workload in in the Western League, in any league, yeah. Like when you get to the WHL, if you're number one and you're playing over half the games, I mean, you're looking at 50 games in a season, 45 mm-hmm. to 50. It's probably not happening this year. On on the rate we're going, if we keep the three game rotation, it kind of helps that a little bit, right? Yeah. You still yeah. might get there, considering to your point how hot he started and how many games he played in a row. Yeah. But like that also becomes a bit of a factor is is giving proper rest and. I think you're starting to see at all levels that if you can have a 1A and a 1B, and I guess for the Tigers and the Carolina (laughs) Hurricanes, a 1C, because the Hurricanes have three goaltenders, Mm -hmm. that it can work to everyone's benefit as long as everyone's 
cool with how that's going to run, right? The only thing I worry about, and this is not for a today conversation, this will be down the road, is what you do when you make it to the second season. When you go to playoffs, yeah. I wonder if you don't just rotate all three. That's that's <laughs> what I wonder. Are yeah. you rotating all three or are you riding the hot hand? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. That's a conversation for later, but I think that's the only downside that I look at having the three. Sure, it's awesome right, right now. Right. But once we get into that second season, that will be fun you don't want to be though. the what if, right? Like I, yeah, you, you, you want somebody to be the man. Yeah, I, ideally, point. yeah. But you could you can tandem a playoff run. We've seen it before. I was gonna say, I think I think this team's pretty well set to do so. At the minimum. Who knows? That would be kind of fun if you. Uh, it, it would be like in playoffs. You could like in, in baseball playoffs where you know it's game five or game seven, and you bring your starter back out in the, in the seventh. <laughs> Maybe it goes to like just it, do like a full MLB playoff approach with goaltending. So then in hockey, keep... like for the for the Tigers, it goes to game seven, and the two goalies that play each get half the game. They, they just, I like, think regardless, just see, just see that I'm only having fun with this. Yeah, just see like, and here comes associate coach. Joe Fraser out and he's gonna call. Yeah, he walks he's gonna to the call to the. Yeah. He's gonna call to the bullpen and that would be. Here comes Ethan McCall. Yeah, he'll play the second half. It's like in pre <laughs> in uh, in the training camp games yeah. when you just swap at half. Yeah, I mean, regardless, when we get down there, it's it gonna, is you got to be on a tight leash or a tight leash for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that'll that'll come the time where, like the the, the leashes will be shorter. They'd have to be, but at the same time. The, the pressure maybe doesn't change as much because of the situation they've been currently in and will right. continue to be in until that changes. Right. Yeah, you know we'll what I mean? Wait and see. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> just, it's a crazy, awesome problem to have, but I can when talk about good, it. Yeah, imagine right. like the to-do list pile, you know, where you're like, honey, I need to have this done by this. And so, and that's probably like, I don't know, I could just imagine like the coaches meeting <laughs> like, oh, wait. We still have three goalies here. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do something. They're all that. going very good. Yeah, I would assume good. the coaching staff knows because I think when the coaching staff is away from co-op place and anytime someone approaches them, I would assume that that's a, that's yeah, a question they I get asked. That needs to be, right? Yeah. Like, it can't just be us ourselves. Please don't surround the coaching staff if they're getting groceries for the love of No, that's good. They like that. <laughs> yeah. You're part of the community. But I would oh, assume because yeah. – Get your lettuce, Joe. Willie's a very <laughs> easygoing guy. When you see Willie outside of the rink, yeah. I think a lot of people know that they can easy to talk to him. He is. Yep. I would assume that someone has a – I, yeah, you know what? It's worth asking. What's the most asked question yeah. they've gotten this yeah, year? Each sorry. of them. Any, anytime we, because we're gonna have goaltender coach Matt Wong on later in this oh, program. Oh, oh, you, you, oh, you yeah. got a good pull there. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna talk well, to Matt, good. so we'll go deeper into the goaltending for your sake. I kind of yeah. did a small. I went like a like a swimming pool dive into the goaltending. Yeah, you had Matt on yeah. in the uh, first intermission, yes. was it? Yeah. On Saturday? And he has he has different color coded ties for each goalie he supports. <laughs> yeah. So he's got three ties. No, he has like thirteen, but he has like specific ones. The, the colors are very that he'll specific. wear if Zahara's in that, or if McCallum's in that, or if May's in that. I like that. Interesting. I'll like, have to we'll ask him. That. But we can that. we can pick his brain a little bit more about the goaltending, and um, we can kind of get his thoughts on on his most asked question when he's out and yeah. about in town. Yeah, he probably gets. What are people asking yeah. Matty Wong? Uh, we should say for the teddy bear toss. Uh, shout out to all the Tiger fans that showed up because yeah. We were, what, 3,800 people 3, there? 21, and we collected, what, 2,100-some bears there? I... That was an incredible outing. Like, it, it, it was just, it took us forever to get those bears off the ice. A, because the ice was still wet. 
Oh, so that didn't help. I Rory saw fell. you almost tumble. I almost tumbled. Rory did tumble as soon as he hit the ice. <laughs> well, Kyle Owen, I saw kind of, and we saw like, oh, boy. when you're wearing dress oh, shoes, man, that I was had, comedy. Well, we're not used when, to the the ice being so wet still when yeah, someone scored. And I go back to my point because me and Jess or me and um, Lance had to uh, fill time, of course. Uh, I didn't have any audio prepared because it was very early, and I was like, you know what? It's gonna be very quick. Kudos oh, to man. clean it up. You thought you guys were yeah, slow. You guys were pretty job. quick. We also, tried. shout out to the on ice officials, the referees and linesmen that also jumped in to help out. Yes, yeah, um, we had a lot of help. You don't have to do that, and it's cool that you did. Yeah, right. Well, that was cool. You had the four Costco bears come down, and like there was a picture of like Brett Calhoun holding on uh-huh. for dear life, trying to catch <laughs> yeah, one. And there was a Mickey great picture. Lattin, there was one of him getting sandwiched by. Uh, yeah, like that photo was nice. The whole team and like the four gigantic yeah. bears on the ice. That was a really good photo. Really, but, really cool. Right? I, Here, I, I mean, took that one. Tiger fans nice. showed up, and I, I love that when we get big crowds, the Tigers win. Yeah, that's Man, nice. Man, do I love that. Back to back to no better place on a Saturday night than co-op play. Right? right? And that I understand good. the Friday, it was like 2,500. I get it. You're doing back-to-back. You do have the teddy bear toss on the Saturday. Yeah. Hard to get the family for two games. But I just, I was so worried about teddy bear mm-hmm. toss after that Friday game. Saturdays have been good, man. Saturdays have been very good. They I continue to be really, really good. And obviously, that's kind of the prime time I think across the league. I would yeah. imagine everyone's having really good Saturdays, but uh, but yeah, another good another good Saturday night for the Tigers uh, for Teddy Bear Toss. Did you have anything more on that? Because there's no, only one. I have I have one note too. Okay, yeah, go. Uh, just Vasil Spilk again, credited with his first WHL. Nice, goal. Right. That, yes. yes, big to Vasil. Wish you got a better. Uh... Well, he didn't get the puck because yeah. everybody was ripping on Caden McCann a little bit there. Stole the goal from oh, him right. or something like that. I don't know. It's fine. it was a great conversation to have in the post game show was as cool. well. We we had Vasil join us in in Gino's fourth period. Brought to you by Redcliffe Home Hardware. Always worth the drive. Um, the Tigers on cage though. Brought to you by Windsor Plywood. That too. Yeah. Experts you need to. And um, it was really cool to see Vasil come out and and get to know him a little bit because he he's a guy that has dealt with a lot of injury and in his transition over to North America. Um, he's had to kind of acclimate from the perimeter in, in a lot of aspects, right? So like, to get to understand, you know, how it's been for him, and he admitted it as much, like, it's been hard um, oh, to, to, to get across and and to try and get up to speed, play at a different pace than what you're used to in Europe, uh, just all the little intricacies that that are different between the well, European smaller, game. I don't know what Liberex like as a place, a fairly yeah. different city. I've discovered that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not a 50, probably not a drive out to the – no offense, kind of the sort of the middle of nowhere. Not that this is, middle, but like just oh, there's nothing but prairie behind the rink, yeah. right? That I think that's a that'd be a huge culture shock to some. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like just even flying over and seeing mountains and all the stuff coming. Different in. world, man. It's a, just a completely different world, exactly. And I've been on the other side of that where I was traveling in Europe. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool things here. That I, I will say though, the culture shock, but it hasn't really messed up his game. I mean, I think he's been games, good. He's oh, at nice. four he's points. Good. Him, yeah. Calhoun, and McCann have been great. Yeah, like you're you're not splitting that up. I don't think unless you absolutely have to due to injury. I'll say I'll, I won't say never because it feels like the that, uh, that's true. We did just the have lines has officially been pulled out. So, I mean, things are all over the place. Lines are just well, Calhoun and names. McCann probably will be a pair. I would think you would do that. Seems likely. Yeah. It, it does has seem been a lot so of far. these lines, they have their two that are pretty much set in stone. You, see, you got like and Basha you just have Lindstrom. the one guy that's kind of going up and out, see where it fits. Yeah, you have yeah, Basha mm-hmm. Lindstrom, and then you've got Weisblatt, McKenna, Smith, St. Martin, but that's been split off a little bit here. Yeah, that's so not a thing Smith's now. Smith's kind of missing Braden Bame right now. I think a lot of guys are missing Braden Bame right now. So yeah. that, that's, but 
kudos to Hayden Harsani for stepping up. Like he's got a your boy. A boy got a goal. Yeah, he he's scored a goal. Teddy bear, but he got a goal. He scored a goal in the yeah. teddy bear toss game, which is like half a right. close second, close. right? The yeah. second teddy bear goal. Yeah, yeah right. If they didn't throw them on the first one, they could have thrown them on Harsani. Right, goal. right. Yeah. In case you missed the first one, there were actually some it. people that showed up apparently to that game a little late, and the oh, goal had already no. happened. And they're like, "We'll take your bears, thank you." Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, suckers. That's I mean, what you always show up yeah. on time. Can't Either. be showing up late. To I always teddy remember bear toss. With, with the old man when we go to Flames games in the late '90s and early 2000s uh, when it was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had like, "We got to make it for warm up." Right? I was like, "We will never miss warm up." <laughs> yeah, no, you can't be missing warm ups because <laughs> we loved watching warm up. We may have loved watching warm up more than watching the game. Yeah, me and my old man. So for sure. it was kind of cool that way. Um, uh, always be there in, for warm ups, and then you I can listen to the pregame okay, show. So yes, just because, and, and we'll make it quick. Uh, just because the World Juniors announced their preliminary yes. rosters. Uh, which is kind of a big thing, and we'll get your thoughts on it. Um, just you, you saw the the names that came out. Uh, obviously, everyone on socials likes to make mention of the players that did not make uh, the list. And my thing has always been: it's a very tough team to crack at the best of times. Well, yeah. Um, and everyone has a portfolio and a deserving chance that uh, maybe did not get in. But were there any surprises that said um, that either? Got an invite or did not? I don't know exactly. I think to me, because for this World Juniors, where people are like, why isn't Kane Lindstrom on there? Huh? That was one of them. Yeah. He's right. an 06. Yeah, he's this young. is going to be an 04 heavy tournament. You're going to have only a handful of 05s. You might, like, there was, yeah, Macklin Celebrini, I think, is the only 06. And that he's projected go. to go number one in the draft, And that's so. why. Now, Caden Lindstrom, potentially a top 1 to 10 pick right now. Sure. Relax, everybody. Keep your pants on. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Careful. Like, like, relax. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's not there. I think the biggest surprise is for me, and he always plays well when I see him, is Owen Pickering, I thought, might have got a nod there as being a first-rounder with Pittsburgh. I thought that was a bit of a surprise. And the other one to me was Harrison Megan Lethbridge. I thought with Peter Anhold as a GM, he might get that little extra, you know, if he had an advantage mm-hmm. to be a goalie. He would be it, but they went with Scott Ratzlaff as the only 05 right. goalie in that pick. Those are maybe my two. I know everybody talked about Riley Height. He leads the team, Still or leads the league today. in points. Yeah. But he's an 05. I think he's a shoe in 05. Like, but then, because you're going to see Jagger Furkus and Denton Matechuk. I am so excited to see Matechuk at mm-hmm. that tournament again. Like, my Braden God. Jager. A lot of Warriors. Three Warriors, right? Yep. Three of them? Yeah. Yep. Matechuk, Jagger, and Furkus all yep. got invited. So we'll see how many of them make you, it. But I. I'm intrigued with, with Jagger because he's an offensive guy. I know you kind of have to be the 200-foot the player, but you're telling me you don't want him on your power play one right now? Yep. Like, yep. And I will say, for because there was a lot of, of But he Riley plays Height a lot of shorthanded love. minutes, too. Yeah, well, with Fergus, yeah. On Riley Height, he just plays at such a level this season that like everyone he grabbed everyone's attention, right? And, and rightfully so. I mean, the team's been really good. The yeah. reason why I wasn't – stunned is because of what you mentioned he's 18 not 19 and I feel like I have no concept of when Hockey Canada picks an 18 year old or when they don't no, I, I don't really know completely a dartboard to it me. feels like 19s you you when you're 19 it, it, you probably have a, a good chance if your numbers are like that like say Riley Height produces at a similar or even just a little bit less of a clip next season he's I would right imagine there. he's going to be getting an invite um well, then you'd have Jaeger and Jaeger too, right? Like Jaeger, I think, makes this team as your fourth line center. And then that sounds weird because mm-hmm. he's a number one in the Western League. But there's also what he does responsibly for Moose Jaw is off the charts. Power play one, penalty kill one, 
shooter number one in a shootout. Yeah. Does it all. So that, Rightly or wrongly. He might be one of those 05s that makes the team. Back to height. Rightly or wrongly, there's... And you can take Jaeger as an example. Jaeger with a higher NHL draft pedigree. Does that matter? Maybe a little bit. Um, whether you like it or not, it's it's kind of a reality. Height was a second-round pick, I believe, in the NHL draft, and, and Jaeger was a first. And that weighs in the minds of some who don't get to see some people day in and day out, like the people around Prince George probably see Riley Height. But if anyone's like super revved about that, I would ask, how revved they were when Matt Savoy didn't make it last year, for example. Yeah. Similar situation. He was 18 years old leading the league in scoring, and he didn't get an invite. And I said the same thing then. He's 18. It's just not super, super surprising. He's probably playing this year. He's getting invited this year. He's going to go to camp. Um, The biggest one for me, like, Menegan's surprising. I'm not stunned. I am am genuinely stunned about Owen Pickering. Yeah, no, a six uh, no. foot five defenseman that's a puck mover at 190 pounds. It can play every single. But style maybe of that's why they. Want. Oh, we have Matejchuk already, right? Like, he, but, you can't have too much of well, one. He, he, well, imagine them beside each other. You, you, you can't. Oy. Yeah, the, the guy he can produce offensively if he's asked to, but he's an absolute rock in his own end. Yeah. When you're going to have more space to move the puck, in and Sweden, a guy yeah. that can ship the puck out of his own zone so efficiently, he plays under pressure. Like, he's eating, and, and to be fair, with probably all these defensemen, they're all eating, like, 28-plus minutes a night, right? Yeah. But you're going to get that less time, in a sense, unless you're an Olin Zellweger to yeah, like this tournament. There's, there's a lot of people on this on this list that, in their own clubs, are eating a lot of minutes. But the way that Owen Pickering goes about it and then has to always square up, like, he is the first and sometimes last line of defense in Swift against other teams' top units. All night. And he does it so well, like that. That and, was, and he makes it look easy. Like to, to the to those who who weren't shocked on Owen Pickering, you haven't seen enough Owen Pickering because he is so good. Is there still a chance that some of these kids could get 100%. asked? Like this isn't. Is I don't set know in about stone? getting asked. I mean, you might have like they're going to do cuts from this roster, right? Right. The roster that was sent out is going to be trimmed, and then say an injury were to happen, they will bring one of those players that they right, invited they, to camp that then got dropped so off. So there's no real chance of an outside shot that was not announced to this. I don't think so, no. No, unless your goaltenders really go to... Yeah, to, uh, even uh, then right I don't see that. Basket, you know? Even then it, I just don't see it. And like it, It's just unfortunate that Medigan came to everyone's realizations All later in life, right? <laughs> like He just showed up later in his hockey career thus far than other people yeah. have. Um, and that's that's a big part of it. But yeah, I was just stunned on the, the non-inclusion of Pickering. I th- thought for sure he'd be a shoe in just with the way that he plays. And he's a first-round pick too. God, he, he? Yeah, I mean he played Harrison AHL Medigan? games last year. No, oh, Owen so, Pickering. Oh, sorry. Pickering. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I definitely might. You never know. Yeah, I was like, well, yeah. But <laughs> I, I did, uh, just the way that he went into Wilkesbury on top of it all last. Well, he year almost for made the Penguins last yeah, year because the Penguins were so tr- slim at D, and he almost made opening night roster for Pittsburgh yeah. and so and, and to those in Prince George because I think there's a there's a decent chance this city has similar feelings to Prince George this year um just wait till they're 19 well wait I, till you guys are, are just one year older like yeah height Zemer's gonna be back healthy you hope um because it was announced he's out for months so you hope that he comes back healthy for next season well. <laughs> yep it's still gonna be good but then those guys are gonna get their invites this is just a one-year heads-up for Tigers fans. If someone doesn't make a list that you think should have been invited next year, 
It's going to be okay. Just wait, just wait a year. Like yeah. there's, there's there's one guy, one guy next year that you can at least probably think about potentially, and that might be uh, old thirty four. Right, getting a getting a phone call to at least be on the can. Well, and, I like I like, and then you're you going to have your 06s, your handful of 06s. So maybe you see, because I don't want to name names. Caden Lindstrom, Caden Lindstrom next year, and probably he'll be getting I would consideration. Think, I would think Andrew Bash is going to get some serious consideration yep. too because of his age. Sure, because yep. he's a late birthday. Right, so he could be intriguing, in intriguing with that aspect because he's the age of a. Of an 05, but he might feel more like a 20-year-old by the time he gets to that world yeah, junior age. Right. But because of his late birthday, he's in that 05 range. So he feels like he'd be an 04, mm-hmm. played as an 05 in that. Mm-hmm. And his previous experience, when he came to the team and played, what, 44 games? Mm-hmm. Before last season when he kind of sp- sprouted, and mm-hmm. then this year has been at a torrid pace. So it's just... Food for thought. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, you yep. like to see these kids go to the World Juniors, but for sure, uh, the last because I'm stubborn, I, I would also like. Who would have been the last well. Tiger for Team Canada for the World it's Juniors? Been a long time. I was gonna say, who would it be for Team Canada? Because obviously, Bogdan's went the last two years for Latvia. The and last. Then there might be an opportunity. Oh I haven't seen Czechia's roster. Maybe Vasil Spilka gets a call. Uh, just throwing that out there into the universe. Not saying that. That's Listen, he's an LV on the Central Scouting. He's the only one. They made a category for him. Somebody yeah. knows something. Someone out there in their basement with their computer and Somebody their, their in pie Czechia charts and graphs knows something. Uh, I, I, to answer your question, I don't have it off the top of my head. Would it be Tyler Ennis though? I'm thinking it is. I can't I really it's find Ennis? anything. Like, it's been a long time. It's been since a very a long Cana- time. A Canadian Tiger has been named. I'm just trying to. It's been a very long time. Because like you wouldn't have, Sillinger, no. Because it would have been. He wouldn't have like a Sogard was Denmark, mm-hmm. right? Would have probably been your last one before Hodis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to roll back. You had uh, Merrick Qu- Langhammer. You would have Qu- David Quinville, but that would have been no. He didn't. Emerson Edom made the team. I don't care what uh, year that was. You know, that's early. Th- that's a, that's in the mid 2000s. So I think last Canadian is probably Tyler. Ennis. I think it's Tyler. Ennis. Think it's Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis. Chris and, Russell would have been and Willie Desjardins. Yeah, yeah, that would have been the same year then. Chris Russell would have been in that mix. Yep, but Russell would have been before that, right? We would have been the 0405. Right, that sounds right. Or the OS. I don't know. I'm not. I think it's. I'm I'm pretty sure it's Tyler Ennis would be the last. Tyler Ennis was at 2009, so I'm guessing that's probably. I think that's and and Willie DeJardin was the head coach. That was the team that went to Saskatoon and lost. But selfishly, I also like the fact that they're just going to stay here. We can mm-hmm. we can work on this team for Doesn't right now. Doesn't hurt anything. Doesn't hurt anything. You're, you're telling me the guys that got snubbed are like, oh, the Swift Current Broncos. Oh, Dratz. Yeah. Owen Pickering's not going to the camp. Now yeah. you can. The Broncos are happy about that, selfishly. Yeah. yeah selfishly, I look at those those big games in January against Moose Shaw where, hmm, some of the heavy hitters might not be there. Yeah. Can uh, you not be there, please? <laughs> uh, the, no, they'll be back. But no, let's hope not. Maybe no, they got rest. Uh, give them extra rest. Listen, the yeah. jet lag from coming overseas. They just overseas. represented our country. Let them have yeah. some rest. Yeah, they earned the rest. Yes, they earned all, the rest. Hope all three of them make it, and I hope the tournament gets delayed by a couple days. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's a snowfall war in yeah. Atlanta yeah, yeah, yeah. and Regina. They got to yeah. drive. Yeah, yeah. So they got to just yeah. Take you got to go to Winnipeg back. and drive. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Take your time coming back, guys. <laughs> uh, big weekend ahead for the Tigers. You got that home and home against the Edmonton Oil Kings, and the big thing's gonna be: Will we see Beckett? Probably, but what game will we see Beckett? I think he plays on Friday. I'd, I'd like to see him play here selfishly, but I can understand if he doesn't until Saturday. Either either one's a really good yeah, storyline. Cool regardless. Yeah. It'd be so nice when it happens. We'll talk all about that next week. Gino, as always, man, we Gino. appreciate you, buddy. Shout out to Windsor Ply. Yeah. Yes. Experts you need to know.
More Tigers Uncaged on the way. Jesse and Lance are unleashing the beast. Maybe keep that beast on a leash. More Tigers Uncaged coming up. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Contractors choose Windsor Plywood. Do-it-yourselfers choose Windsor Plywood. And people who think, "Ah, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but these can help me. They choose Windsor Plywood too. With over 50 years experience, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for finishing, building, and renovation projects. With fast delivery, great selection, and helpful service, it's no wonder more people choose Windsor Plywood. Open 8 to 5, Monday to Friday, and 9 to one Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged. Powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood. Very excited to have on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I believe we've had once before? Twice, every Twice. year. Every once year. A year. Yeah, once a year we get a check-in. From the Tigers, the goaltending coach. Yay. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, this is now going to be uh, the most listened to episode of the year, so I'm glad we were able to <laughs> dial that Usually one in. Usually when we imagine it, it is the, a lot of people tune in. So the the question we were just kicking around the last segment with Gino was most asked questions to the coaches when they're out in public, when fans come up, uh, people who are dialed into the team, like what are they asking? Is, is there one question that you get, Matt, when you're just out and about that, that fans are asking you about? Uh, it's usually related to the three-goalie carousel that we've got going on right now. Either yeah, be my first question. Either <laughs> when is a decision coming or how right. do you decide who plays or so, something. How do you coach three-goalie? Something to that effect. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is it fair to assume that the three-goalie decision typically comes from you know the general manager and head coach in Willie Desjardins? And that you might have a say, but this is not like the situation that you decided upon. I think no matter what team I've been a part of, um, I think in terms of roster moves or lineup decisions will always come from the head coach and the general manager. I think that's the way it should be. That's why he holds that job. That's why he sits in the in the chair and wears the hat. Yeah. Uh, sure, we talk about things uh, as a staff. But, I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, we have three goalies that can play in the league. So, mm-hmm. um, I think we're in, in, in that regard, I think we're in better position than a lot of teams. Definitely. Now, early on, was the, was the decision always that we were going to look at maybe a three-goalie carousel, if you were, or a system like that? Or has it just been, listen, all three of these guys can play. They've been very good. Let's just roll with this. I think I think just just what you said. I don't think you go into it thinking that you're going to carry three for this long but to credit all three of the guys I think right from training camp through the preseason and in well into the regular season here uh, all three have had opportunity all three have had games where they've been great and credit to them they, they've, they've made it hard on the boss to make a decision yeah which now, is what you want to see I don't know like in the back of my mind at the start of the year there was the question of workload assuming that you get to two and that Evan May becomes your your number one, and it's a situation that he hasn't been in before uh, playing, if if we were to get there, 45 to 50 games over the course of a season. Is it helping to have – I got to think that helps, the regular rest night in, night out, and maybe to an extent the abnormal amount of rest that you're getting now with three goalies? Yeah, I think think for a long time you would see teams carry – like a starting guy that, like you said, would play 40, 40 45, 50 games. Yeah. And when someone hasn't done it before, it, it takes some time 
to learn how to do that just in terms of consistency and it's more of a mental grind than it is a physical one uh, I think you're seeing now a lot of teams not just in our league but even at the NHL level going more tandem yeah uh, and I was I've I was always in the belief that it w- it's always nice to have a guy that can go uh, all the time 45 50 games I think even me I'm more on board with tandem than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you see it at the NHL level. Guys play better when they're fresh. Long are the, gone are the days of like Marty Broder, know, Marty Broder Patrick Waugh, yeah. Eddie the Eagle. Like I think once in a while you might get a special guy that can do it, but I think teams and goalies themselves are finding a lot more consistency um, with with the tandem with the tandem setup. Mm-hmm. Now, how are these guys? Because uh, we were just talking about you know the rotation. We might have understand now this rotation. You look at a guy like Zahara who may not start now for the next week and a half, two weeks. Is that is that a benefit for these kids, or is that kind of a, a blessing and a curse, if you will? Because when they're locked in, do you want them to have that long of a rest? It's one of the things that I've been the most impressed with with the guys being able to play with the workload not being all the time, every, yeah. every day. Uh, it, it can be difficult if you let it. I think all three of them have all handled it the right way. So I think no matter who we put in the net, we've had a good chance to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been – we were actually just saying that because, you know, you look at the numbers for, for say, Zach Sahara this season, they're, they jump off the page at you yeah. just how good he's been. And, you know, Jesse brought up the point, like, does he get his – spot to to pick up more minutes and i i was saying like typically that comes from a spot where one goaltender maybe is struggling and then that opportunity arises and it feels like on the outside that all three are are really truly playing some of their best hockey that that better than i think anyone would have anticipated at the start of the year um internally is it kind of that that same vibe like th- does the room really feel like you know that Whoever's in net, sure, bring them. Like, we're going to have a good game in front of them type deal. Yeah, I think – well, I know the coaching staff has confidence in all three guys, and I think you can tell by the way the players play from game to game that they certainly have confidence uh, in all three guys. Yeah. So I think – like I said, I think all three kids have handled it really, really well. I mm-hmm. think they would have had every opportunity to handle it poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I'm the most proud of is just how good of teammates that they've been to each other. Uh, I don't see any animosity or ill will. It does feel connected each with other. Three of them. They yeah. they support each other. They're there for each other. They care for each other. Um, yeah. If if there was a thing that I'm the most proud of to this point in the year, it it it's just that. And I I'll I'd give Evan May a ton of credit for that. Like we even saw last year, if he had a night where he wasn't going so well, and Becky Lanco came in, like he was the first one on the bench that was that was vocal. He was physically and emotionally still invested in the game, hoping for, for Beckett to do well. And that's Even been the case versa. here tonight. If right? Beckett was coming out because he is a bad game, you saw May like, pull him aside and be like, we're good. Yeah, we got yeah. I credit Evan for a lot 100%. of that because I, I, I saw that trickle over Saturday night, for example. Um, I looked down to my left, Ethan McCallum was sitting there, and the first stop for Zach Zahara was a post-to-post stop on Ryder Ritchie on the power play. And that's like eight minutes into the game. And he, the, Ethan McCallum might have been the most excited person in the building. Like a massive fist bump. He was jazzed. That goes a long way to making the system that you're in right now with the three goaltenders work. Absolutely. I think um, just just what you said, they, they're they just their, their biggest, they're, the, they're their biggest fans. Mm-hmm. So 
it's just part of the culture that uh, we want to have in our locker room. It's part of the culture that I want our goalies to have. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't be more couldn't be more happy and more proud of them mm-hmm. uh, for the way that they've supported each other no through doubt. the year so far. It seems like they like the in-team competition between yeah. all three of them. I mean, we talked about it. There was a week there where all three of them got a start. All three of them got an award. Yeah. Whether it be like <laughs> yeah. you know goalie of the week or rookie yeah. of the week or like something of the week, yeah, yeah. yeah. like they're all good just... goalies. They're all good goalies, but like even more so, they're just amazing kids. They're amazing people, and and those are the kind of people that you want to have in your organization. It seems yeah. like that's been the whole team in general, yeah, right? There's absolutely. not like one guy who's kind of been above everything else. This team is gelling all together, and I think it starts with the three yeah. goaltenders. You see, every night someone else step up. You yeah. know, some nights maybe it's Gav, some nights it's Lindy. Uh, you know, Harris has gained a lot of confidence and started scoring some goals, which is Jesse nice. Jesse loves that. I love, um, <laughs> yeah. He's I a big Harsady guy. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Um, you know, the goalies have, I think for the most part, uh, have done their job. And when you play almost 70 games, sure, there's going to be some nights that don't go the way that you drew them up. But, um, yeah, to this point, I think we can be happy with, with the way that everything's going in, in, in that regard, just the way that we seem to have a new a new person stepping up each game. You know, when we look at like a comp for the the three goaltender deal, like I always kind of look at someone like Carolina in the NHL, the Hurricanes with Freddie Anderson, Antti Ranta, and Pyotr Kachekov. Like they have three goaltenders that they can run out, uh, and I guess that difference at that level to what you're experiencing is it's almost a little bit of asset management at the NHL level, right? Because whether you like it or not, players to general managers are assets and you want to protect your assets. It's a little different in the Western Hockey League as a developmental league when you're looking to get guys to that next level and and graduate them onto bigger and better things. What is, from that angle, like has there been a lot of challenges on the development side of things when you have goaltenders maybe not playing in uh, a situation that is common in the league? It's different. Um Sometimes some someone's going to have to be a trendsetter. This might be a thing that more teams do. Like, there's nothing saying that this won't be something that happens more often. Yeah. But what's it been like for? And it's early days. I get that. But just on the development end of things, I think like look at like NCAA for example. Like they carry three goalies, but usually one guy is de- like delegated to the third guy, and mm-hmm. he usually doesn't see any action. All all of our three play. So um, that's think, a good point. I think we practiced. I think we practiced enough. I mean, from a developmental side, when I first took the job, I think it's one of the things I wanted. I really wanted to do is to try to build that position because when I come in, we had Mads and we had Bjorks, and then I think Bexy was just listed, and he then I think there through. was nothing else. I think like the cupboards were pretty bare. So yeah. uh, we we wanted to draft well, we wanted to develop well, and it's good to see that our Drafted, signed guys, uh, developing and playing well, and you know, definitely on the right on the right path, on the right trajectory. Um, you know, the deve- the development side, it's been I haven't found it any different than okay. having two goalies. Yeah. Um, you know, you earn, build, and establish trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put in a plan and a system and a way of doing things. And then you hope to get buy-in. And as a coach, you do hope to get the buy-in. Um, during my time in junior hockey, I've been really lucky to have that buy-in. And I'll loop it back to the trust. If they don't trust you and if they don't feel that you've got their back and if they don't feel that you have their best interest, you're never going to have buy-in. 
Yeah. So I think I think we've done a good job in terms of that. Yeah, for sure. Curious with uh, you mentioned the trendsetter. Have have you maybe have any other teams not asked about the goaltenders, but asked about the three goaltender system? Like I wonder if this because it seems to be working as of right now. Could this be something that it's other like teams are like? People rip things off the Tampa Bay Lightning when they win the championships. Yeah, all the time. Like you see how far, let's say this becomes a run, right? They sit there and go, maybe the three goaltender, uh, maybe that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Have you had other teams <laughs> maybe just pick your brain about the three goalie system? I've had some of my goalie coach friends say, you know, this is a real drag because I got to do three pre scouts instead of, <laughs> <laughs> instead right. of just two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they poke some fun at me for that. But will teams look at it? I don't know. I don't know if they'll look at the three goalie system per se. Maybe they look at, you know, how are they drafting, developing. Maybe that's something that teams look at. I don't really know. Um, not something that we can control. Yeah. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about what, what other teams are doing or stuff that's beyond my control. All yeah. I can do is make sure that all three guys are ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting on the outside because if, if it does work and continues to go as well as it's gone so far, I mean, everything's just copycat. Yeah, because I don't... Nothing's a unique idea. I don't know if this is... I'm not saying it's the first time it's ever been done in junior hockey, but it's definitely been a while. There's a reason why it comes up all the time. Yeah. It doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen Like There's a reason why in conversation people always ask you about it, Matt. There's a reason why it comes up on our podcast every week because it's a story and it's something that's super interesting that doesn't happen often. And I think more often than not, with new things, it's always expected to fail. Yeah. New things... We Typically, like we, we don't like change. And and when something that is new and different seems to work, it then piques the interest of a lot of people that are stupid like you and I because we're like, what the hell? Yeah. How does this work? So I think you guys are pretty bright guys. Wow, thank you. <laughs> wow, that, we did need that confidence yeah, bump. Yeah. I kind of threw you a little, little, <laughs> little layup there, but I appreciate that you slammed it home. Um, I'll give Foxy and the scouts a lot of credit too. Yeah. Like I think they're the ones that are out there all the time watching all the hockey sure I'm involved uh on that side also um but I think they deserve a lot of credit too for finding these guys identifying the talent uh, once they get to me obviously it's it's my job as as the coach to make them better but I think I think Bobby and the scouts deserve a whole lot of credit for what they do I was listening to another podcast maybe a week or two ago um, called the Hockey PDO Cast, and they were talking about a conversation that one of them had had with Casey DeSmith in Vancouver, and how DeSmith was saying, you know, across the league, our numbers don't look as good because the shot volume isn't the same, and the emphasis offensively is getting into more high-danger areas and not necessarily the volume equals success kind of method like we've seen in Calgary, for example, uh, over the last couple of seasons where they just shoot the puck from anywhere, the Flames, that is. Uh, are, are you starting to feel that a little bit as well in, in the Western League where teams are you know, maybe making more of a concerted effort to get those high-danger areas, which is then you know, maybe what was three or four high-danger chances a night for goaltenders now turning into five, six, seven? I think with the way the game is today, I think the game itself, especially junior hockey, is in such a great place. Like yeah. it's never been faster than it yeah. is now. The players have never been more skilled than they are now. Uh, the, the way they can make plays, the way they shoot the puck, the creativity, the hockey IQ. Um, so I think junior hockey in that way is in is in a great place. And sure, we're seeing. Uh, I, honestly, like I don't even know what our goalies' numbers are. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what other teams' goalies have. Again, I don't. I can't control what other teams goalies are doing so um all we really stress with our guys just good good process do things the right way 
um, you know, fixate yourself on the how to. And if we execute that, I think more often than not, we will like the end results, no matter what, no matter what you see in the game. I tell them you, you can only play the game the other team gives you to play, whether it's 20 shots, 40 shots. It Do, yeah. doesn't matter. You, you, you have to be ready. You have to be ready for everything. So I think sometimes it can be a little more challenging for goalies on those really, really strong teams to have good numbers because the shot number is yeah. usually low. Yeah. So the room for error is not very much. Smaller, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's smaller. Um, and I think those goalies on maybe teams that aren't quite as strong, they might be a little bit better than what their numbers say. I think sometimes the numbers can be a little bit deceiving. Uh, the numbers show things that uh, that are outside of the goalie's control, I'll say. So, yeah, I, I ho- hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, no, that's fair. And, I mean, for you and I, Jesse, we – and I don't want to take the, the goaltenders out of the overall conversation about – being ready and being dialed in good to go and being prepared because it's kind of a full team thing where if you know you need everyone to go in order to win um but there hasn't been a night so far this year where we've looked at like the goaltenders and said well they just didn't seem like they were ready to go no no i I think the team in front of them i mean there's been some rough nights but i mean the team in front of them has always made sure that they're in that game yeah the goalies have kept them in yeah you know when it's been a couple couple goals i just look at when we're an exciting about, team. We're yeah. an exciting team to watch. Like we have exciting players, like Gav, Lindy, Hart. Scored any time. Maddie on the back end. I mm-hmm. think is going to be an outstanding defenseman. I think we have great depth. You know, I think we have a good veteran core of defensemen. I think the goalies obviously have to do their part too. Uh, like I say to the goalies too. Like even if we don't start the game particularly well. I just tell them, you got to hang in there. Yeah. You keep it close enough. Keep it within striking distance because you know the goals are coming. You know we can explode at any time. And if we can allow the team to hang around and hang in there, you know that we can we can get it going. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. that? Did you have to change your approach with that? Because, I mean, years past, there was once a time where we only won 11 games. So <laughs> you, you knew, gave up two, it was over. So <laughs> I've, you knew, I've erased that year yeah, from my memory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've all tried to. But, yeah. I mean, there were years where it's like you have to make sure that you, you we keep the boys in the game the entire year, right? Every game we got to try. Now it's like we could probably score any time. So like you said, as long this is an exciting team that if we're down by, let's say, four in the first period, this is a team that could score five in the second period. Focus on the next yeah, shot. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, does the mindset change? I don't think so. I think as the goalie, that's all you can control and that's all you're doing is to try to give the team a chance to win. I think it can take some pressure off, especially this year, knowing that we can score goals. Yeah. You go back to the year we won 11 games. If if the goalie gives up two, three goals, like we, we just didn't have the jam, didn't have yeah. the punch. You know, the game's probably over. Yeah. But I think in the situation we're in now, I think you can keep the goalie in the game going, all right, I, I just got to make one more save, make one more save, make one more save, give the guys a chance to get get the wheels going. Because um, you know you know the goals are coming. You know the offense is coming. I'd like, if we could, if you could indulge us for, for a moment, to kind of like just look at each one of the three because they're yeah. all doing such a nice job. And, and starting with Evan, he yeah, kind of as I was saying, like in the back of my head, the workload was a concern to me. But he has seemed just as fresh every single night. And kind of as the year has gone on, at least from what I've seen, doing a, a better job of rinsing the last play out and, and going to the next shot and going to the next play, next five minutes. 
Uh, what's your kind of thoughts been on the early part for, for Evan? I think he went home after last year knowing that he needed to have a good summer, knowing that he needed to get bigger and stronger and put on some pounds and that he wanted to come back here and had fight. to eat like Jesse and yeah. I yeah. <laughs> and fight for the number one job. And I think you could see that right away, him coming back to camp, the way he was moving around the net, the way he was going about his business, uh, obviously a year in the league. So more confident. So I think we saw him start really, really well. Obviously mm-hmm. the workload was bigger uh, at the start there. I think no different than, than maybe Bexy last year too. Like usually after a night off, he would come back fresh mm-hmm. and a little bit more sharp. Yeah. I think goalies, I heard this from uh, like, like Perry Pern came to visit us earlier uh-huh. in the year and he, he said something that really stuck with me. He goes, you know what? Like goalies are like golfers. He goes, sometimes the more they play, like the worse they get. Like sometimes <laughs> they need to just go back to the driving range yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. and sort some stuff out. And I think in the case of... Mayday, probably, probably just that, you know, like he gets some, gets some nights off and gets some time off and we can go back to the driving range per se and work on some of those small details that maybe you don't get to work on when he's playing every day. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I look back at some of his recent games where he's maybe been one of the best players on the ice, the game in Moose Jaw. I thought he was outstanding. Mm-hmm. The game, you know, where we, we beat Regina eight to nothing, but I think lost in that game, he makes probably two or three really big saves in that second period when the game is still 2 nothing. when the game yep. is in striking distance. And that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier. You make those big saves and you allow us to get going because then we, ex- then we explode and we extend save, right? and then we yeah. extend and the game's over. Yeah. yeah. He, he's been just an interesting story because when we traded for him, we looked at the numbers and it's like, wonder what they see in, in, in May that, that we don't. He becomes the backup. He The games that he played, backing up four backs. I mean, his first one against Saskatoon, right? Yeah. First start. I mean, stole the show. I mm-hmm. mean, the crowd at Co-op Plays gets behind. Hey, yeah. Who's this kid? Who's this kid? Oh, we like this kid. We like kid. Evan. Bobby really liked him. So, yeah. like, like, essentially, we pick him out of the scrap pile. Um, but Bobby really liked him, and he sends me this video. He's like, well, watch him. What do you, what do you think? So we watch video on, on quite a few guys, and, and we settle on the fact that Yo, yo, we thought he was the best guy available. Just we thought he looked quick. We thought he looked sharp. We thought he had decent size. We thought he had good poise. Um, and we and then and then he comes in, and it was exactly what what we have seen, and gives us a pretty good one-two punch in goal. And yeah. and obviously he's taking his game to another level this year. I feel poise seems to be a buzzword around Zach Zahara this season, and much improved in that area. Man, yeah. and just seeing though the, even the like someone ha- had told me once that they were really, after getting to know Zach, they know him better than than Jesse or I, saying that they were impressed with how mentally strong he was. Are, do you see a similar thing? Absolutely. I think the thing to remember about Zach is Zach's played in some big games at yeah. the U18 level. Like he's won the Max tournament twice, yeah. or Circle K tournament, or whatever they're calling it now. Yep. <laughs> um. <laughs> whatever it's right now. <laughs> And I don't know if any goalie has done that. I think there was teams that had won it back-to-back, but I don't know if the same goalie won it back-to-back. So Zach knows how to play in big games. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm with you guys. I think one of the – and I say this to Zach too, that one of the biggest areas where he's shown growth is the poise and the composure. Like his last two, three games, I've hardly saw any busyness. Like he's creating good angles. He's never outside the frame of the net. Everything is sticking to him, and he, he's in command. Like he looks confident. There's In those games, I'm watching him make some saves, and I'm like, uh, I think he's going to be pretty tough to beat tonight. Right. 
Yeah, he's another guy you bring in last year. You brought him into scenarios where the game was already out of control. Yeah. And this is the first time that we fully get to see a Zach Zahara. And, I mean, he's 6-0 and this year. He, every time that you've asked him to start, he's just been good. He's been very good. Yeah. I mean, his very first start is in B.C. against Vancouver on the road. Right. And he looked and That was a tough start to that game, too. Yeah. I think he was down too early. He's a great kid. He does everything you ask, and I don't know if you've seen him off there. He's a beast. Like, yeah. like Gino said on the yeah. air, he's built like a linebacker. Like mm-hmm. He is a big, strong, physical specimen. Heard he's putting so, in the work, though. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing with Zach, he's learned how to control all of that. I think early Zach didn't quite know what to do with all of that power and speed. So I think we saw some some busyness and some overactivity. Um, he's getting older, so... Naturally, you're gonna you're gonna learn you're gonna learn the ropes. You're gonna learn how to control some of that stuff. So, uh, I think that's probably the biggest area where where Zach has shown growth. And Ethan, I was so impressed when he started against Everett. And he was outstanding. Everything yeah. that hit him was swallowed up. Yeah, he might have kicked out three rebounds that entire night, and it just felt like every time that he was in a position that looked a little dicey, reads were really good. But it kind of comes back to, like, his – and I could be talking on my ass, but I felt like his feet were really good and set. Like, he was squared up. If he was sliding over, it was one strong push. He's there. It just – everything seemed connected. And I think that's why there was a lot of excitement when he was drafted because he was a second-round pick yeah. a couple of years ago. There was a lot of excitement surrounding that because he had the frame and he had the size for his age. And you could tell the tools were there. And it seems like with him, every start that he gets, it's just like a, a little bit better. We're getting, we're moving yeah. up just a touch more, right? Yeah. So he he has the start in Regina, which was you know tough. tough not one. on him. No, not necessarily, and a tough one for everybody, for yep. the whole group. So the the game going into Everett uh, was was a big one. Was a big one for him. And going into that game, I'm like, I hope his first shot is just a nice, easy <laughs> from the outside, right in the gut. <laughs> yeah. Control it, contain it. And then build some comp, and it, that's exactly what happened. The yeah. first shot was a good feeler shot, uh, and then he just built from there. I think I thought he was, uh, I thought he was really strong. Um, like you said, he's got all the tools. He's a big body, calm, poised. Everything sticks to him when he's on his game. In command, I think mm-hmm. that's something where I, I feel like I'm saying a lot. In command in that game, didn't think he looked like a rookie goalie, didn't look like a 17-year-old goalie, played like a veteran, uh, and that was a busy week for us. That's that's a game that, uh, that's an effort that we definitely needed from him, so was, uh, for him to get the first start in the game, I was super proud of him. Yeah, no doubt. Also, that game that uh, he got to go home and play in Brandon. Yeah, that was a good one. That's I mean, a that's goal. a nice one to have that's a little cool. chip on your shoulder, right? Absolutely. Hometown, yeah. friends, family there, and to steal the show there Yeah, as well. absolutely. First period, he was great in that game. Uh, second period, we started to take it over. Um, and then the third period I thought was interesting. You know, he, they, they score one earlier in the third period in the game where, you know, he probably should have, but but doesn't let it get to him. Locks it down in the third period, makes some big late game saves to preserve the win. Some big saves, six on five defense when we're defending the lead. Yeah. I thought Bjarnson was incredible in goal for them that night too. If, if not for him, I he's think we, I think we would have, yeah, I think we would have blown him out, but he was, he, he, he kept her close. But at the end of the day, our guy was one shot better and, yeah. and, that's some nights that's all you got to be. That's and that's saying something yeah. if you're Ethan McCallum, right? I mean, like, pretty good to outplay a guy uh-huh. drafted in the second round in the yep. NHL draft. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> pretty yeah. decent goalie. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Bjarnison ain't bad. <laughs> Let's put it that way. 
Um, also, random thought with with Zach. I don't know if he baits guys to shoot glove, like if he just leaves a little bit more on his glove hand side. But I've seen him do it a couple times, and then just he makes every glove hand save imaginable. Um, I don't know if that's it, it. Might be he's like sliding out of the net a little bit too far or whatever. I love it. I think it's great. It makes for a highlight. He's got good hands. He's got fast hands. I think the cool thing with all three of them is, all three of them, the principles that we talk about all look or are not look. They are all the same in terms of, uh, you know, the the awareness away from the puck, containing pucks, uh, creating angles, staying within the frame of the goal. But it all looks different yeah. from guy <laughs> yeah, to guy, does, just yeah. because they're um, they're different ages, they're different various levels of athleticism, different body types. So even though the principles are the same, it all looks different from from guy to guy. And it's all working, Maddie. It's all yeah. working so right far. Now. Um, so far, hopefully. The we other keep thing that that really stands out of what you guys have been doing is on the nights where it doesn't go the way of the goaltenders, maybe it's just not working out for them. The bounce back has been very good. Yeah. You look at if you go let four goals in one game, then the next game that they're in, doesn't they don't look shaky, they don't look nothing like that. Is that something that you've worked with the guys as well? Yeah, I think it's just a matter of not getting too high and not getting too low. I know that sounds cliche, but uh, that is what it is. You have to treat the good the same as the bad. You have to treat the bad the same as your good. I, t- I tell them sleep is your closure. Um, no matter whether it's gone good or bad, when you when you walk out that door, when you go to sleep at night, it's gone. It's yeah. over. Right. Uh, I said to Gino on the air, one of my favorite quotes of John Wooden, the legendary basketball coach yeah. at UCLA, says that today um, is the most important day in your life because yesterday is gone mm-hmm. and it's never changing. Mm-hmm. And what you do today will directly influence tomorrow. That's right. So wow. I think just... You also, know. you're dropping knowledge on yeah, this that's podcast. That's <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> this feels like a good reminder to shout out Windsor Plywood. Windsor the extra Plywood. Team <laughs> no. Hey, Windsor yeah, Plywood. Shout out Windsor Plywood. Wow, that is. But that's a good point. And yeah. and if I'm gonna and if I'm gonna preach that, I have to practice that too. Right. So I can't get too high with them, and I can't get too low with them either. Yeah. It's probably an area where I've shown the most growth as a coach <laughs> over 12 years in junior hockey. I think myself more calm, less. I've never been impulsive, but less reactive mm-hmm. um, and just having a better understanding of that. If I'm going to preach this to them, then I have to be the same way. Right. You know, they all, like to your point, are doing things with similar principles, looking different while doing it. But one constant that they have to deal with is, say, when the Tigers are shorthanded and they're every now and then just in the coverage, there's going to be a forward on top of the crease for the other team on the power play and working through that tight screen. But all of them have seemed to do that well, and I think how the goaltenders have played is as much of a testament as it is to the four skaters on how good the penalty kill has been this year. Just what what is that kind of process like for the goaltenders? You know, each one of them seemingly battling through, through screens and, and fighting their way through them, but knowing that the coverage might make you have to deal with that and that might not be something that you're used to coming up through you know the the midget levels or u15 or whatever the heck we're calling it now i still call it midget (laughs) i do do too but but that that might not have been something that was as common right because at those ages get to the net and probably something chaotic is going to happen and you'll score not to say that doesn't happen now but it happens less frequently I think, first of all, Josh has the penalty kill going really good. I think yeah. I think the structure of it is outstanding, uh, and he's got those guys working really, really hard. I think that's half the battle of killing penalties 
is working hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and those guys, those guys are stopping and starting. They're getting in lanes. They're blocking shots where most of the time we're getting the clear on the first try. Because I'm sure there's some stat out there. If you don't get the clear on the first try, it ends up in the net. So I feel like I lived that a lot. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, last year. We're I think getting we all the did. clear a lot. Yeah. Like we're getting the initial clear a lot, which is important. So I think the killers are, Josh and the killers are doing an outstanding job. Uh, the traffic situations that you're that you're talking about yeah it's it's i think it's one of the biggest adjustments coming from the u18 level to this level no different than goalie goes from our level to the pro level i think the traffic gets thicker more dense and it's just it's part of our principle of of being competitive the the willingness to fight through the traffic is so is so important like being competitive is not just you know competing and fighting for the rebounds the the desire to find that puck is so key mm-hmm. f- to them having success. Because if they can find it, there's a good chance they're not only going to stop it, but they're going to be able to contain it. Um, you know, holding your ground at the top, not getting pushed back, I think all of them are, are, are pretty tough that way, that yeah. they're able to hold their depth uh, and then fight for the sight lines. Um, yeah, it, it's a hard thing to work on in practice because no matter what you do, I feel it never truly replicates what it is like in the game. Mm-hmm. So, to a credit of the all, all three of the the goalies, just their their competitiveness and and desire to find the puck because we don't use the I can't see it as an excuse to get scored on. I don't like that one. Yeah. Um, I know that if they didn't see it, I know that they're not going to stop everything that they don't see, but it's not something we really talk about. It's, look, I know you didn't see it, but ultimately as the goalie, our job is to see. So what can we do (laughs) to find this puck? What can we do to see it? Yeah, that is an important role you play is finding the puck. Yeah. And you still have to work for that We just don't use it as a note to get get scored on. Yep. No, no, that's fair. Uh, how's the vibe been with the team? Because I know uh, city-wise, fan-wise, there's a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement. We're now starting to see the home attendance go up on these weekends. Yeah, it was great. Have Saturdays great. have been a lot of fun. And I know that when I'm getting the boys ready out there to uh, to take the ice, a couple times I'll go, how's it look out there? <laughs> <laughs> the Back to the, how, how's it looking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it looking? I wonder, because they got it. They got to be just as excited about this team as the fans are about this team. Absolutely. There's a good vibe. There's a good buzz around the room. It's a fun place to be. It's always going to be more fun when you're winning, obviously. But, um, yeah, I think I think what you see on the ice is kind of what you see, what we see in the locker room, too. It's, it's high energy. Um, you know how I said the goalies are good teammates to each other. The, the, the players are, are that way, too. Uh, nobody seems to care who gets the credit. We just want to win. And yeah. I think you're seeing us win in different ways. Uh, winning some games that are tight, winning some games that are, you know, where we've been able to extend the lead, winning some games where both teams are scoring goals. So, I mean, we're winning We're winning games in different ways. Um, fans have been awesome. I don't think you can say enough good about our fans. Yeah. Uh, you can definitely see that the players and the guys gain energy from the fan and definitely from you, Jess, as the game host. I know yep. we feast off your we yep. feast off your energy. It's a lot easier <laughs> this time around. This <laughs> year's know. been quite nice. I don't know. A couple of years ago, it was fun seeing you just oh rile them up. Even see la- like last year too. Those games where we had the full houses against oh Regina, yeah. like we love that. We, our oh players yeah. love that, and I think we had awesome records when when we had those full That's houses. That's what we were just saying. When when that place yeah. is full. And the Tigers win, which they seem to do quite They're a bit. They're like a, it's a seventh man out there. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. They, the Tiger fans have just been yeah. great. That's been yeah, happening a lot great. more lately is winning those big crowd games. Yeah. yeah. 
It's, a, it's an important Those piece. are the ones you want to win because you hope those are the ones that keep bringing them back. They have right? a good experience. You yeah. want them fun. to come back. It's entertaining yeah, for them. That's right. uh, we are an entertaining get, team. Yeah, true. I want to get your thoughts on uh, this weekend because uh, a uh, fellow by the name of Beckett Lankow just got signed by the Edmonton Oil Kings. Yeah, friendly we're, face, hey? We're, we're, Always we're, good to see a familiar face. Yeah, so we're good. trying to figure out, because it's way too early to tell right now, do you think he gets a start at co-op place or do you think that they save that and maybe his first start against you guys would be in Edmonton. Hard to say. Hard to say. I'm not sure what uh, what they'll decide to do. Either uh, way, it works. I mean, you'll have to do no some Bex- game prep, though. No one, Bexy, the way that I do, uh, I'm sure he'll want the game here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't. I don't know what this. Will be. I'm sure we'll see him in one of the games for sure, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I think they're kind of doing the same thing. They want to try to get more of a tandem system going, take some of the load off of Colby Hay. Yeah. Not only does he play a lot, he sees a good amount of rubber too. So uh, I'm sure you know that's something they wanted to address. So is that no matter who's in net, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to be we're gonna have to be sharp offensively. Two good goalies, so we'll we'll have to be on our game. Is that sounding nice for you? Because it's maybe one less goaltender that you really got to prep for this weekend. <laughs> I mean, when you spend is not when you spend the time that you did with 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 one guy for three yeah. years, yeah. Uh, you know him pretty good. Yeah, sure. Goes yeah. both ways though. Yeah, I mean, that's he, they, yeah, yeah. yeah, that goes both ways. I mean, he'll have a good idea. Of, he'll know what's going on of what's coming too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, always fun. for me, it'll be a little bit odd to yeah. see him at the other end, but. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is a job. And, and it's good to see him back in the league, yeah, right? Yeah, that's Absolutely. the thing. I, I know that decision was not easy yeah. when, when you know one of them had to go and he was the odd man out, yeah. but it's it's got to be nice to see him back in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, at the end of the day, this is a job, and he's going to want to get two points for his team, and, uh, and we want two points for ours. Um, really enjoyed my time. With Beckett, we had a great relationship. Wish him the best of luck. Just, yeah. just not against us. Just yeah, not this. Right? Just yeah, not yeah. this weekend. No, I agree. I you look yeah. at the numbers, and he was a huge staple for this team. I mean, we weren't good. We relied on him quite a bit, and he stole a lot of games. And he was our guy. Yep. And I, I want success for him in Edmonton. Just not this weekend. Just not this weekend, or whenever yeah, the Tigers and Oil Kings square yeah. off. I, that was a great way to end it. Can I ask one more? Of course, yeah. It, it just, I just thought of it now because you, you mentioned, and it's true, just how skilled the game is now how athletic everyone has yep. has become. In your mind, what is more difficult for a goaltender to stop right now? A cross-crease pass or like a layered screenshot from the point with like a high slot guy and then one right on top of the crease? Tough. That's a good question. That's tough. Because I feel like layered screens are, are maybe like a goalie's worst nightmare. I'm going to say the layered screen mm-hmm. because the same way that the players are more athletic and this, that, and the other, the goalies, the goalies are the same, yeah. so you're seeing a lot of goalies be able to get across to cross-ice passes on their feet. I'm starting to get bored of the cross-ice right? like, pass. It's happening can, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's not that big of a threat, I don't feel, anymore, unless it's a one-time situation, which everybody can one-time the puck now today. I think True. there was a time where very few mm-hmm. could one-time the puck. Now I feel everybody I mean, Matt Peranich just jumps into the league, and he has a stick in the rafters every opportunity he gets. He's he has a really good pucks. shot. Yeah, right? Yeah. Incredible but to shot. that point, like he's a young kid, and he yeah. can one-time a puck from anywhere. So I'm going to say the layered screen. The yeah. way that the goalies can go side to side on their feet, get stopped. If the goalie can do that, it's no longer a cross-crease situation. If the goalie is there before the puck is, 
even though the puck has gone laterally, it's a straight shot now, yeah. which is something that we talk about. Create as many straight on situations as you can, because then you've eliminated the cross crease deal. And it sh- should a straight shot beat you that often? Probably not. Right. No. Yeah. So I'm going to say that the high screen, the high layered screen poses more challenges. Because those difficulty. feel just annoying. Yeah. They're, they're, they, feel they, they can be tough. They can be tough. Because a lot of times the goalie isn't seeing the shot be Might released like with the higher screen. Yeah. Like when the guy's right on top of you, I think it can be easier to get over top of them and look. Mm-hmm. Whereas the higher screen... It, it, I think it poses some more difficulty and challenges because you're with the high screen. Your player is involved in the high screen. That just adds a couple more to, bodies. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying I'm going the with science that. behind it. Hey man, we appreciate the hell out of you for Let's doing this. Let's go, Matt Thanks for having me. Always wow. fun, guys. Always yeah, fun that, chatting with you. guys. This was nice. I can't wait till we get to pick your brain again about the three goaltender system because I'm just right. obsessed with Anytime. it. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Careful. Crazy, but we appreciate you having here. Uh, more on the way. Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. More hockey talk on the way. Let's go, boys! It's Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. And uh, as per usual, uh-huh. when we record this and we get an opportunity to talk to the ends of the team, yep, something usually happens after we've already recorded. Feels like that just happens with anything that we do, this podcast, our morning show. Whenever we're done, something happens. Right. And uh, so there's a lot of buzz. See, and I didn't know this, so this is apologies on me, but I'm excited to learn more. Uh-huh. But the Tigers signing a 16-year-old defenseman, which I thought, hey, that's awesome. Yeah. But apparently this is a big deal. It's a, it's a massive deal. Like, I want to preface it by saying it's a big deal because it was so unexpected. That's why it's a big deal. Because you look at this kid, uh, apologies, what's the last name? Jack, Jack- Kaczkowski. Kaczkowski. Sorry, Jack. I'm not good at last names. You'll, you'll realize it that. It is a tricky one, Kaczkowski. Yeah. Yeah. So he's drafted fifth in the fifth round? Fifth round. So I think that's why a lot of people are like, okay, well, he's just a fifth-round pick, but there's a reason why he was a fifth-round pick. Yeah, it's a similar story to Caden Lindstrom, why Caden Lindstrom was a third-round pick in the Western Hockey League draft. So Jack was taken in the fifth, but a, a lot of, I'll call them experts because they do more scouting than me, a lot of different people across many platforms – Projected that Jack had first-round talent, if not first, early second-round abilities. And the question mark was surrounding his commitment to the Western Hockey League because, similar to Caden Lindstrom, Jack had options. And it, it felt, as at least as of recently, that he was pretty set on going the NCAA route, which was kind of a bummer to, I think, a lot of people internally because, you know, they, they knew they were taking a bit of a chance drafting Jack, but it's the fifth round. He profiles as a better player. You take that player. We we saw, for example, in Kamloops recently, they traded a player that they simply had the rights to who's currently playing in the NCAA to Portland for, they turned a late pick. 
just on a whim into a bunch of draft picks back, got right? A lot back. So if nothing else, you have the rights to that player, and you never know what might come of it. Um, Kachkowski then commits to to go play in the NCAA. He has been playing this season with the Brooks Bandits. Last year, he got into a couple games in the AJ as well. So he's like the first 2007-born player to to play in the uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League. Yeah, and no one really thinks much of it. Kind of thinks that the situation's over, at least externally. And we find the news out yesterday. This would have been Thursday that Kachkowski has signed an agreement with the Medicine Hat Tigers. And it, uh, on the surface, it makes a lot of sense for for Kachkowski. He's a guy that wants to put himself, obviously, in the best spot he can to move on to the next level. Sure. He mentioned in his press conference type deal. Uh, across Tiger's socials. You can check it out if you haven't seen it. But he talks about how he wants to play at the highest level he can, right? I really got to think that he looks at the situation with the Tigers and says, okay, they have three defensemen graduating after this season. I can work my way into a starting everyday job next year if I bring the offensive ability that I am projected to bring. Could be a top four defenseman. Mm-hmm. as early as next season. Yeah. And so it makes a lot of sense for him. And and you also got to remember there's other players around him that are being looked at by scouts. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're seeing that trickle-down effect where scouts come to watch one player and they get looks at a few other guys, right? We kind of mentioned that when we saw the handful of Tigers that made this uh, NHL, NHL Central Scouting. And you said maybe that's just also due to the fact not just that they're good, but because they come to look at other players and then you start to get residual looks. Yep, yep. And that's that's going to be the same case for this Tigers group moving forward. They're going to be scouts in the buildings watching this team play Mm -hmm. on a nightly basis. Yep. It really is a perfect spot for a guy like Kachkowski to come in. And if he can play up to what it seems like, at least on the perimeter, and from what I'm told, he sets the bar pretty high for himself. He has high expectations. He knows he's a good player. If he can progress and deliver to that level, I mean, this is this could be a really, really big move. Well, he played U18 with the AAA St. Albert Raiders. Yeah. Uh, two years, no, last year. Would have been in the AEHL. Yeah, last season he was a U18, I think, playing as a 15-year-old. Right. So he's playing with older, older players. Yeah. He gets 18 points in 33 games. Pretty good. Five goals, 13 assists. He suits up for Team Alberta at the 2023 Canada Winter Games. Some teammates on there. Yeah. Caden McCann, yeah. Hayden Harsani, Matt Branage, yeah, and Tiger prospect Jordan Switzer. So that had to take a little bit of a toll as well, knowing that this is a good team going forward. Uh-huh. A lot of guys I've played with already, plus I'm getting a decent, really decent coach who has NHL experience. Yeah, that's that's hard to beat, right? Having mm-hmm. Willie Desjardins be your head coach, and it's nice. It's not to not to say that Joe Frazier and Josh Mazer aren't doing a great job, but I mean Willie's Willie, right? Yeah. That's, but I also think that's level. what makes Mazur and Joe even better yep. as well because yeah, they right. have that guidance of the NHL. You're right. Right? Yep. And it's interesting because he says he's ready for his first game as a Tiger. He's excited. It's unreal to play at Rogers Place for my first game, and I can't wait to get going. So I guess he's in Saturday. That I think that's hinting that he would be in Saturday. Right. Because I wondered, as a 16-year-old, how much time is he going to get to play? But maybe according to this, he will make the lineup quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, now that he's signed, he's going to be a part of the the roster. I can't imagine they're going to sign him and then send him back to the AJ. Uh, that doesn't seem to to make sense to me. So he, do, is he a guy that like maybe you slowly get in then? Is that what we're going to see? I don't know 
I, I don't want to speculate too much on this right now, like on, on the podcast anyway. Like I might BS away from it with some theories on, on what's going to happen because the Tigers now have eight defensemen. I think there's a lot of people that are not a lot, but I've seen a couple Tigers fans asking about Bogdan's Hodas and drawing some assumptions. And I can understand why that Hodas's injury might be worse than it actually is. We heard from Gino. Sounds like Hodas could be Hodes in this weekend. Back. Yeah, yeah. He um, could be even in for tonight's game. So, so, so that's not the case. This is just an opportunity with a player that you, I don't think, really fully expected to to actually lock down. Coming, or, and I would love to know how this went. If yeah. the Tigers reached out and circled back. Yeah. If Kachkowski's team kind of brought it up to to the Tigers, how it went about. But um, nonetheless, they've landed on it, and so you you want to make the signing while you can, right? Yeah. I wonder if it's a little bit uh, a best uh, both worlds because I mean, the elephant in the room is that we got three overage defensemen. Yes. Yeah. So next year there is there there's gonna uh, there's a void. You need depth. We need depth. And I don't know if the depth is really there for defense. We got a we got a really good defensemen that are young right now that are going to be good. Yeah. But you're right, the depth wise of it, the we, next layer isn't there. Like you're kind of seeing the layer yeah. that we're at right now. Yeah. So I mean, you have two or three young forwards that are making their way up. Yeah. That's the depth. You definitely have the surplus there. We just don't have that yet for the defensemen. This is going to help. Yes, big time. Big time. And so. So welcome, Jack. Yeah, it's 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 a really, it's a big signing because. I was of the the state of mind, and you know, and seeing him in training camps with the Tigers, that like when I've seen him on the ice, if if you in my mind were to bring someone into co-op place and you took everyone's jerseys away, you gave them no background, they had no idea about the Tigers, um, and you ran the the defenseman around his age group out, Kachkowski's group, and like you put him in that training camp scenario, I think to a person like hockey people would pick him out as being like a top three, top four defenseman on the ice at any given moment. Wow. Like he just, he, he really is, there's just a look about him. He moves the puck well. Um, obviously, the the offensive numbers maybe don't jump out at you like some other people, but there is offensive ability there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple people texting me saying uh, the, the thought of Peranich and Kachkowski together in a couple years could be terrifying. I mean that that might be looking for that could be the one two punch right like both That's of them. That's possible. Like Pranish is, he's gonna mature more, like, and that shot's gonna be just so good. It's already really good, right? So yeah, yeah. In any case, that was a that was a big move. So you, you don't want to like like don't expect him to to come in and light the world on fire. It's more it, it's garnering so much talk because it's so surprising. Because I think a lot of people once he committed to NCAA kind of checked out of that at least on the external. Yeah. And everyone outside the the organization was like, "Well, they tried. It didn't work out. Move on." But something switched. You know what? I it was funny seeing that signing happen. You know, I really thought of, and it's not the player's fault. He's in a good spot now. He's doing well for himself. But I, I, I really did think about Diego Budazoni. Oh, Diego! Because he was the second round pick for the Tigers that chose to play elsewhere. Said he wanted to, or seemingly wanted to play elsewhere. Didn't want to play here. Uh, at least that much is obvious because now he's in Portland. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's having himself, obviously, a really good time in Portland. They're developing well. He's playing well. So it's a good situation. It's worked out. But I can't help but look at that and say, man, I wonder, like, imagine if you're in his shoes, wonder what what he's kind of – do you look back at the Tiger situation now and, and where the team's at with the influx in young players and he could be in that mix – 
wonder what he's kind of thinking. You do wonder, right? I'm looking at his stats right now. 22 points in 25 games. So he's like having you a said, year. it's going really. He's having a year. Yeah, he's, he's, he's Portland looks well. good. Portland's doing okay. Portland is one of the best teams in the Western Conference. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like he's he's in a very good spot. It's just you you wonder. Like that was one of the things that came to my mind. Was just like yeah. if if I was in that spot now, would I look back and be like, "Ooh, Tigers look look pretty look, good." Look, look at that team. Look look pretty good. Now yeah. I, I mean, there's going to be a lot of changes that'll come. I'm sure, but yeah, big move to get Kachkowski done. That hey, was that awesome. was big. I can't wait to to watch him over the weekend. If we're not going to see him Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him on Saturday. And, I mean, to pick his brain, yeah, your first big league game in the dub. Yeah. You're playing at Rogers Arena. And that's home, right? Yeah. That's like— uh, You grew up there watching the Oilers. Now you're playing for yeah. the WHO. That, what, what a feeling that is. It's really cool. It's hard to beat, I would imagine. Right? And so now the Tigers, theoretically, with eight defensemen, as we're talking right now. So not sure how that gets sorted. It's part of, like, where my theories go, like, because— the possibilities are endless. I, mean, I don't want to. Maybe they're like, not going to be quiet at the trade deadline again. We don't know anything. It's too early to tell. But I mean, I don't know. But well, a lot of those defensemen, five of them, you're going to need after this year, right? Yeah. Like Van Mulligan, Andreessen, Peranich, Kachkowski, Corbet. Those five are all returning next season. Yeah, that's that's the core right there. But you also, I wonder, like, are they going to keep eight D on the roster and bring them around every game? Well, we didn't think we they'd s- keep three goaltenders. Here we true. are. So we've seen Corbet play forward, but yep. is that better than? Playing on the blue line with the Tigers That's getting what I love mixed about in. This team, like Willie's, like you think you know the answers? Yeah, I'm gonna change a question. You think you know it's what really, I'm doing? It's really interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm not now. That's the the one thing I look at is, and I'm hoping you know there's some good reporters out there. Obviously, we've had the news is James Tubb on there uh, on our podcast, and he is always talking. So you'd be curious to pick his brain and see if there's anything on what the Tigers do with pres- presumably 8D. Yeah, unless something has changed since. We talked to Gino and now where if Bogdan's is hurt worse than we thought, which I don't appear to be the case. Yeah, because we'll see if he's in the lineup tonight or this weekend. I don't think that's a thing. So 8D is just, uh, I mean, it's about as strange as three goalies, I guess. <laughs> I guess it really is kind of one and the same. Well, we'll have to wait and see. We, uh-huh. got, we got a lot to digest or dissect next week as well. Yeah. We I mean, there's a lot in this week. We also, don't forget, we talked World Juniors as well. Yeah, we talk World Juniors, man. A lot this going on this week. Has just been unbelievable. Big news week. Yeah, we appreciate you listening. Thank you. And we appreciate Winds of Plywood Yay. because they're the experts you need to know. And they power this thing each and every week. Shout Until next time, them. go Tigers go. Thanks to all who contributed to this edition of Tigers Uncaged. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. New episodes come out every Friday. Get it at wild945.ca and wherever you get your podcasts. Tigers Uncaged.